Welcome to Systemize the Success. And today I'm joined by Mike Verrett. Now, this is an interview which has taken us a couple of months or so to actually get sorted, but one I'm really, really excited about. And you will be too when you find out what Mike does. Now, Mike basically helps us business owners to tell people or help us tell people in the world how we do what we do in a way that truly resonates with them and makes them want to do business with us. That is the kind of thing that I need in my business so much. That's why I'm so excited about speaking with Mike today. And I'm sure this is going to be an absolutely fantastic interview. So the question is this, how do entrepreneurs like us who don't have an endless supply of cash, how do we leverage the best apps, virtual assistants, automation tools, and systems to scale our businesses, increase our profits, and have more time to do what we love to do each day? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dr. Steve Day, and this is Systemize Your Success. So welcome, Mike. Steve, it is an absolute pleasure to finally connect the two continents and get this on the books. It's good to see you and Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you. Um, fantastic. So I like to kick off the interviews by just saying, look, just give us a, a couple of minutes, a few minutes in your own words, who it is that you help, how do you help them? And you know, what is it you want to share with the world? So it all starts with the fundamental understanding that we want a need to talk about our business to get people to engage. And we think a hundred percent everything about our business, everything's important. But the truth is only five percent matters to our audience. And finding that five percent when you know everything is extremely difficult. Think of a famous author like Stephen King writes a new book, 400 pages next bestseller. The hardest part of the book for him to write is the three paragraphs on the inside flap that sell the book. Reason being, he knows everything. He just wrote 400 pages and every word has meaning to it. When it comes time to distilling that down to something that's going to connect with the audience, engage them, and get them to want to read the book, he just can't do it. His solution is simple. He gives the book to someone else to read. They read it and see it through that audience's 5% point of view. And they're able to distill those three paragraphs based on reading the book. The author couldn't do that because the author's too involved. That's what happens to every business. We want to talk about our services and benefits because we built a solution for our audience. The challenge is the audience reacts to one of three things. To them, you need to be first, best, or different. And first and best, arguably very hard to come by, but different is where I focus. And my job is simply to show a business what the audience sees and create one clear way to communicate it. We talk, talk about it as your pitch, your elevator pitch, the answer to the question, what do you do? So I effectively help people answer that question in a way that connects with their audience and gets them to act. Fantastic. I mean, this is something that I've dabbled with for many years you know you can't be a business owner and i've not heard the word the words you need an elevator pitch and and if you're you know anyone listening to this has probably read half the books i've read that all and about about marketing i should say that all talk about this and try to to make it sound easy to come up with your own elevator pitch and you know you just need to 
do this. You just need a few, like, yeah, but it's so hard. Like, and, and every time I've done it, it ends up being about three times as long as it should be, or like you just said, feature, feature packed and yep. uh, all the bells and whistles. And I think it's slightly better at it over the years. And I've had, you know, enough training <laughs> and coaching to, I should be better at it, but it's still, I find it incredibly difficult. So how do you, you know, go about helping someone? I mean, you've you've given it a really good analogy there with with the with the Stephen King analogy, which I thought was actually a very very nice way of putting it. Um, but like, say me for example, say if you know I'm going to be a I'm, I'm a potential client, I genuinely would be a potential client, or I'm a potential client of yours because of what I do, the stage amount in business, and and you know what you do as a service, it's a good match. So sell it to me. Why why? How do I work with you? And you know how would I? what benefits would I get and how, how does the process work and, and what of sorts of tips you can give people like who are listening to this um, to help them along this way, along the journey? All right. First thing to understand is any audience thinks in a narrative. They think in a story. What happens? What happens next? What happens next? What came after that? There's none of us in the world that don't think like that. That's how the human brain works. Where the interruption occurs, think of that as a story, right? pages of a book. Where the interruption occurs is the business does not think that way. I tell people there's no business without show business. No matter what business in your, you're in, you're playing a role, you're reading from a script, there are directors, there are producers, but we don't think the way we do in the regular world. And what I mean by that is we even the language, Steve, the language we use in business, things like synergize and IDA and e-commerce. We don't say, did you use an e-commerce platform to buy that shirt? We said, did you get that online? We don't say IDA, we say think. If you and I were just old friends, we went out for a pint and I said, oh, I got to get going. I got my son's basketball game tomorrow. What are your KPIs this weekend? I'd say, what are you doing this weekend? I wouldn't talk about key performance indicators. All of that is built in a way that creates a vacuum for that business where they're thinking, acting, and moving forward in that mindset. Where they have trouble is translating what they have to the outside. So think about this idea. If you engage in, if you need a plumber, all right, and you go on Google, plumber near me, you're going to see a bunch of results. The first three results you click on effectively say, you need a plumber, we're a plumber, here's our number, get in touch. The fourth result says, if water's leaking, don't call us, click this red button, we'll be there in 15 minutes. That plumber knows why you're looking for a plumber. It's not your need state, I need a plumber. That's what the other three are responding to, right? They all look the same. This plumber knows why. Water doesn't wait. If you come home and there's water on the floor, time stands still. If it's a shingle or a light bulb, you could change it on Saturday. But this is very different. And that plumber knows that. That plumber is speaking to your motivation, not your need state. And that forms a connection with you. That's what different looks like. Different feels like anytime you've ever scrolled social media and your thumb stops on something, ask yourself why. Something you're looking for, something, something caught your attention and stood out as different. That's the first step to connecting with an audience. But what we jump to is you need a plumber, we're a plumber, because we know we have all the tools to fix the plumbing and we know how it works. So I've built a simple process that effectively is understanding pages of that story 
and the order they have to appear to your audience. Your audience needs to be intrigued. You need to connect with them first. That's page one. Let's say your services are on page five. You can't jump in on page five and expect them to understand without one, two, three, and four. Connect, get their attention, create intrigue, relate. This is why you're here. We know what you're going through. This is what you're experiencing. Solve it in a sentence on page three. Give them a simple way to understand, yes, I want to keep going. They they got my attention. They related to what I'm going through and showed me a solution. Then show them how the solution works. A process on page four. Three steps beginning to end of how you work with a customer or your audience. Then services on page five have remarkable context. And they understand exactly what it means. After that, six is benefits. Seven is validation. Prove it works. Case studies, testimonials. Eight is call to action. What do you want them to do next? The way it works is you're answering questions the way a human being would ask them. So what do you do? Oh, interesting. Tell me more. What do you mean by that? Okay, so how do you help those people? Well, how does that solution work? What do they get in that process? What happens to them? How are they better off now than they were before? What can they do now? Can you prove it works? You know what? Yeah, let's set up a second unit. I've covered every base in the order they need to hear it. And that's what it takes to build that pitch. It doesn't matter how good your service or product is in reality. It's about audience perception. They can pass right by you because they don't connect with what you're saying first and you never get their attention. So that perception determines the value you have. And telling that story in the right order is what gets them that. Fantastic. I love that. And, and as I said, I've, I've think, been thinking about this and read about this for many years. And, uh, and I love that very structured approach that makes sense. It just makes sense well, because it, it's the natural way we think about stuff. Exactly. That's what we all strive in business when it comes to, say, um, brand foundation or building a brand. What do we stand for? What are our values? What is our persona? That kind of stuff, right? And none of that matters if it doesn't connect with the outside world. I'll use an example for you. In the United States, auto insurance is a ridiculously competitive environment. And you've got these companies that started out, you could tell they picked their archetype, right? Like who they want to represent from a storytelling perspective. And you had all state, the good hands people, the nurturers, and you had Liberty Mutual Insurance, these tight banker, you know, banker collars and tight Windsor knots and serious as a heart attack. Then along comes this company, Geico Insurance. And Geico figured out a way to get out of the hole. You need to go through all these steps and get it down to 15 minutes or less, can save you money and you do it all online, effectively setting a new standard for what everybody else in the industry had to do. But Geico came in as the jester. It's so easy a caveman can do it. If you were to look up their advertising, it's really, really funny, humorous, just like we all need this, get it done in 15 minutes. Fast forward now, there's not one auto insurer in the United States that doesn't use humor as the connection point. Liberty Mutual, banker caller wins or not, they now feature Limu, Emu, and Doug. An emu and this guy who drive around in a car and save people money on their car insurance. 
it is 100% based on what the audience was seeing. I don't want to deal with this 15 minutes, make it cheeky. It'll be fun. It'll be better. Everybody gravitated to that because of the audience's perception. That's what it comes down to. You can't see the world through the audience's lens and understand how they think. It doesn't matter what your services are. That's the issue that everybody runs into because what we know best is the product or service we built. That's why we created our business. That's why we're in business. So being able to articulate on that 5% level becomes really, really difficult. They need to know this. I want to make sure they know this. That's us projecting what we think they need to know. And it just creates a cloud around the business. Incredibly easy to do when it's not your business. But when it's yours, you go through months of trying to figure it out and testing and figure it. My, my tagline 18 months ago said, don't pay overhead, call Mike instead. I sounded like a personal injury attorney um, you know, selling services. What I was thinking is I'm going to save them money over. I work directly in a business, not I'm an agency on the outside. I'll save them money. Somebody had to thump me upside the head and say, look, that's not what you do. She interviewed me, interviewed two clients, and we wrote my website. And it's what I say today about what I do. I couldn't do it myself. It's because of all the detail, because of our internal perspective and what we think they're going to see or need to see that clouds the waters. Yeah, totally. And uh, many businesses similar to mine, I'm sure. And it's, it, I, I built my business on the back of solving the problems I had and overcoming some sort of challenge. And mine were actually business related challenges, but many businesses are just sort of from solving other challenges in life. And when they, your challenge you overcome, what I've managed to do is to kid myself that well of course i know how to talk about it because it's my it's the challenge that i had and and you know i just talk about it and so uh, talk about it in the pain points that i had and and what you forget is and they you know and and i know because i've i guess i've said i've tried to do this um and i've tried to get help to do this as well but not in the not in this sort of way i mean when i say that i've been reading books and all the rest of it yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you try to uh, educate yourself on how to do it. Of yeah, but it's but but I've been I've been literally thinking about systems, about uh, delegation, about management, about virtual assistants, about apps, technology. That's all I have thought about for six or seven years now. And so my my world of this is so skewed. It's so so heavily leaning into what like i've almost forgotten what reality is like on the outside <laughs> you know because that's this is all i think about and i'm i'm you know i absolutely love what i do so i'm i'm i've you know i'm i'm very lucky i've managed to create a job i i love you know and i don't it doesn't feel like work to me it's doing it's play but that means that literally i am i know that i am sort of stuck in this this uh reality which uh well i'll give you i'll give you an example of uh, uh, an analogy that is what we all go through in that case. When we know everything, we want to explain everything because we want it to be part of showing that expertise, right? So it's very similar. What happens to all of us is asking a watchmaker what time it is. We want to know what time it is. The watchmaker is going to tell us how the watch works. 
that's what we all run into. And that's probably what you've run into as well. You've got to think of it this way. The work you do, the service you provide, it needs an architecture around it. But what it's really doing is creating a 24-7 to-do list. You need to market, you need to sell, you need to do the work, you need an accountant, you need this, you need that. I need to write content, I need to post on LinkedIn, I need to send out. All of that is looked at as tasks being checked off. It's like plugging holes in a dam instead of building a new dam. Make sense? Like you spend all your time checking things off, but more are coming on. So how can you possibly look at the whole thing yourself? That's the challenge that everybody runs into. And that's exactly what I run into, what you what you run into. Let's try this stuff. What do you usually say now? Like, where have you gotten to? Um, so I, think, I guess there's a couple of ways I talk about my business, but one of them is talking from a point of view, my mission statement. So when people ask what I do, I say, well, you know how businesses typically fail. And most businesses, 75% of businesses fail within the first few years. And a big reason for that is because business owners get stressed, overwhelmed, and they they fail to delegate, and they're basically end up throwing in the towel. Well, we help small business owners to offload their work through using systems and through using cost-effective uh, remote teams so they can thrive and, and, and survive in a world where most businesses fail. Perfect. So in this instance, we're talking about somebody who has a great idea or a service or, or product, something they know how to do well, but they have no idea. They've never run a business before, right? So your whole position on it is to build the business around, like the support, the business support around them. But what they're going through is akin to a storm. They're just trying to maintain the right direction and ride out the storm. That's what it feels like every day. Go back to that to-do list I just mentioned. And they have to learn how to do it. So when they get stuck, when they get to that point where they go out of business, it's because they're just overwhelmed by all of it. They're just, they feel like every day is almost standing still. So how do you get them to understand that the key to doing what you do best is creating the right structure around it. So the first thing that I'm, I want to hear, if I know what I do best, but I'm really struggling to gain revenue, run the business part of it, I want to hear that what Stephen does, what Steve does is effectively um, takes the weight of the business off my shoulders so I can do what I do best. And how you do that, your solution, that's the connection point. Your solution is building that architecture. Your solution is creating that, you know, how you would explain it. But it's that, it's that buoy, you know, rate support your business with the right buoys, right? Like with the right things to hold it up in the water. That's what's lacking. They feel like they're sinking. What you're doing is giving them buoyancy. That's how I look at it. Yeah, I like it. Easy, right? But thanks. first, send me, send me a bill. Why, <laughs> why they're looking is the important part, right? Not what yeah. they need. Why they're looking for it is the important point that we're addressing here. They feel overwhelmed by the business that's required to do what they want to do and know how to do. Yeah.
And that creates this weight, that, that pressure all the time of, I need to move forward. I need to do this. I need to do that, but I don't know how. It creates that oppressive, like stress weight. It becomes overwhelming. That's what they're solving for. Fantastic. Okay. Give me some food for thought. (laughs) So just, I was thinking as you were talking, then you mentioned your website and you mentioned this, um, the, the process, the, the, the more set process you've got to creating this, this, this story about mm. business about. And so what I'm, uh, and in the beginning of this conversation, to put this into context, we talked about the, 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 the elevator pitch, but it sounds like actually the, the structure that you're talking about, the narrative or the way that we talk about our business is it's useful much more than, you know, when you're in a networking event and you're going up to somebody saying, well, what do you do? By the sounds of it, this is this is actually what we need to be using. This this um uh, this this uh, dietless kind of thing of the word. What we're talking about here is yeah. actually what we're going to use for our website. It's got what we're going to use for our brochure. It's got what we're going to use for. Is that right? So is that basically we're going to fit this in any way we talk about our business? You are absolutely right. Um, the question, what do you do, is not something that just comes up in networking from an audience. That's what they're thinking when they are looking for a service. Oh, what does this one do? What is this guy all about? They're always asking that question. And you have a few foundational, you have a few areas where you can tell your full narrative, your audience narrative. One of them is an elevator pitch. That could occur in networking or, you know, somebody in a meeting, whatever. But that exact same response, that order of information should appear in your LinkedIn profile too. That's a 24-7 networking event. So why wouldn't you want it to be the same? And your homepage, that's where people are going to go to first on your website, but it's also a key place to tell your whole story. Another place is your new business presentation. The first eight slides of your new business presentation should tell the same story. So. In actuality, you're figuring out a lot by nailing down that narrative about what you do in a way that the audience connects to and follows along with. They're not just talking to you face-to-face asking that question. It's LinkedIn. It's sitting in the audience listening to your pitch, uh, You know your, your new business presentation. It's when they go to your homepage. So having that uniformity and consistency, that order of information should be the same anytime you can tell your whole story advertising, PR, marketing things, those are all little pieces to drive to that whole story. Visit us online, come into the store. That's what we're trying to do, get them to our full story. So if that full story is effective and consistent, you see a better result. Cool. I like this. All right. So um, I'm interested. I'm going to ask this question in case anyone else is, is, is thinking it as well. but what what you do as a business is it just to help people create like you said the, the sort of elevator pitch stuff or does it go beyond that like could 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 someone could could i say employ you to write the copy for my website in its entirety i mean where where does the your the scope of what you where do want? i draw the line yeah <laughs> or is there, is there okay, no the, line? Important, <laughs> the important distinction to make is What I'm doing is translating what a business does into audience language, right? And the baseline for that is this elevator pitch. I've created a product called the Elevator Pitch Construction Guide. It's a workbook. 
And I use it. I don't just send it to people. I use it as the device to work with my clients where we meet for an hour. Then I write the book. I fill it all in. And it's each floor of my elevator, right? My elevator structure is represented by a page and it all comes together at the end in one view that you could just read through on a networking pitch. And I turn that in, I send that to them in two days after we meet. And then we meet again to adjust and align after they've had a chance to digest it and run it by people, that kind of thing. But the way I see it is if I could get somebody in, say, a week and a half to a position where they can answer that question, then they can go off and build their website and create their LinkedIn page. Like all of that stems from this is as far upstream as you get. What do you do? So I created a simple mechanic to do that. I also work with businesses on longer term um, to create what we call their audience blueprint. It goes a lot deeper. It's how to adapt it to your website and it's it, and how to adapt it into your new, uh, new business pitch. And the last part of what I do is when it comes time to present it, it can be a living nightmare. So I do offer presentation skills and uh, I usually work with businesses say, uh, you know, I'll work with 10 of their employees for two hours. And when they come out of it, they've got a clear, they come in with something they need to communicate. And when they come out, it's far clearer for their audience and they get to where they need to go. So those are the three things that I focus on is that answering that question, what do you do? Expanding it across your business, where it needs to go. And then when the time comes to talk to people about it, how are you going to get the reaction or the action that you need? Cool. I like that. Okay. Um, Mike, we're going to have to pull this to a close very, very soon, um, sadly. But the, the um, I often say this, but I genuinely mean it. Like, literally, I could talk to you about for hours about this because it is something that is so close to my heart. It's something I really struggle with, um, and partly because of my uh, closeness to the business, but partly, I think, because I don't genuinely find um, – writing copy the easiest thing it takes me a long time i think i can, I can do it after i really sit down and think about it and spend hours on it and tweak it i haven't got time to do that and so well, that's think about that. think about this steve do you remember writing say like a research paper in in you know school at some point where they would teach you to use index cards or something like capture the idea you want to explain and put those in order then you're writing around those ideas right what I do, what I create, allows you to write around the ideas. As long as the order and the sentiment, what you need to communicate, stays true, you can expand it, you can shrink it. It doesn't have to be one length. Do you know what a slinky is? The toy slinky? It comes in a box completely contracted, but it stretches out to meters and meters. But a slinky stops working when you tangle the coils. Exactly the same thing as your brand there. It has to remain in order. Why would you change the pages, order of pages of a book? That's the bottom line. So, but it allows for incredible flexibility. You can take one idea and expand on it for like one floor of the elevator and expand on it for 15 minutes if you want to. But as long as the story is in the right order, they're always going to follow along the right way. And that's the biggest challenge as far as I'm concerned for any business is how do you keep the audience on? You got to picture them as a bunch of five-year-olds, 10 five-year-olds sitting on a rug, listening to somebody read a story. 
I'm going to turn that book around and show them the pictures because they're five. But what I'm looking for is they see and understand page three. All 10 of them are going, yeah, before I go to page four. It's that basic. It's that way of thinking that clears up. Got it. Awesome. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Mike, I have a few questions that I like to ask people before they leave. Um, I, wait. I'm not sure if you've seen these um, before, but if not, they're not very difficult. I'm sure, I'm sure you'll do fine. <laughs> I'll so, see if I can hold on. Yeah, yeah. First, uh, first off, can you give me a, two or three apps, piece of software, technology tools that you like, love, and, and couldn't live without? Um, the first one is LinkedIn because it's a 24 seven networking event. It's communication. It's, um, it's communication. It's conversation. It, it forms connections. You know, I mean, that's a, a great tool. I know it's nothing. It's not an app. I mean, everybody's on LinkedIn, but understanding the power of LinkedIn is what's important. And, you know, gaining, I've gained 3000 followers in six months just by creating content that is of value to my audience. They come back for more. That's the way it works. The most valuable app that I use is Calendly. Reason being, I can explain an entire product to them, like what somebody's going to get. I can use Calendly as a marketing tool. I could use it as a CRM. I understand I'm getting all the information of who's coming in, what they want to talk about, how I heard of, how they heard about me. I'm getting all of that from Calendly. My goal is to drive people to that link because I know for me that networking, I'm using that as a, a bucket on camera or on the phone meeting someone, I know I can be influential. So I should be trying to get people to know. And the last thing that I do to, is not an app at all. It's taking opportunities like this. If I have the chance to amplify and, and spread my message by being a guest on other people's programs, it's phenomenal. But from a technology standpoint, LinkedIn and Calendly are what I swear by. Um, I've dabbled with others, but those are the two that I constantly, 90% of the day, I know I'm using those two tools. Cool. That's yeah. because it's me. You know, yeah. a lot of people don't want to jump on camera with someone. So why would they be relying on Calendly the way that I do? But I have found it to be an invaluable program. No, I'm, I'm totally with you on that one. And LinkedIn is one of those things that I've sort of put off for many, many years to actually get my head into properly sitting yeah. on Facebook and whatever. But um, towards the back end of last year in about September, October, we made it, it was the last course of last year, actually, we made a decided business decision to really focus on it. So we've done quite yeah. a lot of groundwork. We've got the things starting off. And then this year for me is is my year of LinkedIn, really, from a marketing perspective. So Well, and LinkedIn is unique in social platforms in that it um, – it, and people go there for one reason. Think about how many reasons people go to Instagram or TikTok or Facebook, then compare it to LinkedIn. One reason. Yeah, very good point. Never thought That's of that it. before, actually. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's so obvious. That's why I don't wait <laughs> any time on other social platforms, yeah. because what the hell's the point? If I'm selling to a consumer, it starts to make sense. But then I'm under a lot of competitive pressure and just share of mind, mind share, because everybody's on there for so many reasons. Yeah. The reason, the reason, I'm just just on a bit of a side, but the reason I actually have continued to publish onto um, uh, Facebook because I started out on Facebook, Facebook group six or seven years ago, and that's where all my original business came from. Yeah, 
And I've noticed a huge drop in engagement on Facebook from business business owners. And most, a lot of my clients, when I say, oh, I've got a Facebook group, you can, can connect it. Oh, I don't want to, don't, you know, I don't really use Facebook anymore. And that's yeah. more and more common. They're happy with WhatsApp. They're happy with a private group off Facebook, but they don't, you know. And so I think, it, but it still has its place in that what I've um, uh, continued to use it for and actually have grown and started using Instagram, started using TikTok, is simply to keep on putting messaging out and we do short short clips for our podcast it's because it just getting into that into the front of mind of people just because that they're on it and then i pop up and well and you've it, been not, you've been on it for six or seven years so you've built an expectation over that time right? yeah, like a, that too, a, yeah. Yeah. a tribe of followers if you will when i started on linkedin three years ago uh, like i what i had i knew was b2b there was no reason for me to be on no no but you already had something established. That's different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, good point. Anyway, just aside. Um, cool. Um, who else do you think would be a great guest on this podcast that you could possibly uh ref- like connect to, connect me to? I don't know if you've met a gentleman by the name of Paul Banks. No, I haven't. He is uh located in the UK and he is one of the greatest connectors I've ever met. He just understands the networking heartbeat, if you will. And uh, he would be a fantastic guest on your program. Mm. Because a big challenge, think about the types of businesses that you and I talk to, say, you know, under 50 employees. But I mean, realistically, we're talking a lot better, one to 20. The leader of that business is the CSO right? There are a lot of things that they have to be thinking about. And one of the things that every small business knows is they're not spending a ton of money on scale marketing, meaning mass media. They're relying on building relationships. Paul is the best at building relationships. He's absolutely amazing. I would highly recommend Fantastic. If, if you could connect me, that would be fantastic. Or just let, you me, got it. let me know and I'll reach out to him. But yeah, sounds like a very, very uh, I'll even connect you guys on LinkedIn. That's what I'm talking about. Like great that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so the title of this podcast, as you may know, is Systemize Your Success. But what does success mean to you? God, there are so many different ways to measure it, right? Like people will measure it by he who has the most toys wins or they want to climb the corporate ladder. I have a really... Uh, I, I sit in a in a basement all day. Like behind this door is the furnace, the boiler. Um, my expectation of success is I can build a business that's consistent. I'm constantly doing what I'm best at, and my customers, my clients, get the result they want. After that, small house near the water in town somewhere is like, and a warm place to go in the winter is pretty much my expectation of success. So I think success for me really has to do with over my 20 years in business, I found the thing that I do best. Understanding an audience is what it is. I know how an audience thinks, how to connect to them, how to explain in their order what they need to know and get them to act. If I can keep doing that, that's to me, as successful as I can be. Cool. I like it. And finally, do you believe you can systemize your success? 
Yes and no and why? Systemize success. Systemize your success. The name of the podcast. All right. You're going to hate me for saying no, this, but say what you feel. I equate system with rigidity. And part of the challenge that every business has is humans don't run on a system. We're, we don't have standard operating procedure. You can't progress, right? We think we have free will. You're going to get a different opinion from me if I'm in a bad mood versus a good mood, right? All of those things um, are unpredictable. How somebody's going to respond is very unpredictable. So what I see it as is you could create an approach, you could create an architecture, but a system sounds like it's inflexible. You need flexibility built in because you can't predict a question that's going to come up with it if you're talking about your business. So systematizing success, I think, is the right way to look at it. You need a path with solid stepping stones that gets you to where you want to go. But there is no secret system that gets you to go from here to here in one straight line. And I think that's distinctly human. So don't tie yourself into the systematize means have a way of approaching things. It doesn't mean it's black or white. You need to have that flexibility. You don't know what's around the next part. Cool. Thank you. You're Mike. welcome. Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, I've learned Deep, thank you for the patience and bringing this all together. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. So much fun uh, to talk with you. And I, I, this is, uh, I, I genuinely believe this would be uh, of interest to many, many people that listen to this. And if they do want to find out more about you, or not find out more about you, but connect with you and, and yeah, find out more about you. There you go. Uh, how can they do that? What's the best place? I'm guessing easiest thing to do. <laughs> yep. Look, I look for me on LinkedIn, Mike Verrett, B E R R E T. And uh, you'll see it says elevate your pitch. You can't miss me. Fantastic. You'll um, see the butterfly. You'll see me with my thumb up like this. Really familiar. They've got, yeah, he's got a nice butterfly logo, which you need to uh, you need to see. It's very beautiful. Of course. We'll also, as always, put all of your links that you've you've asked me to in our uh, show notes. So anyone who wants to connect directly through that Calendly link, as we talked about before, then uh, you mm -hmm. can do that directly from uh, from our show notes page. Ooh. Fantastic! Yeah, the butterfly is meant to represent perspective. Um, when it's your business, you feel like you're just in the in the weeds always. And if you could see it, if somebody can show you the right way to go if they can see everything and show you the right way to go it's a much easier so that's sort of what it's supposed to represent oh, fantastic thanks mike thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode i'm well aware there are hundreds of great business podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one and for that i am truly grateful hopefully what you heard today took you one step closer to building a successful business so you can share your passion with the world and serve an ever-growing number of people if you got value out of today's episode then so will someone else you know by sharing with others what has helped you along your way you will grow your influence and be the guy or girl that everybody wants to know 
So please hit the share button right now and also remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. It's impossible for me to cover absolutely everything in these podcasts. So please do head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com right now and download the show notes, transcriptions, and some of my best frameworks and systems for free. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Day, and you've been listening to Systemize Your Success. Oh,